Jesus told a parable, and he opened his mouth and said, He who has ears, let him hear. This is a story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down. That would be perfect. Uh, <laughs> that would be great. I gotta, yeah, I gotta figure out how to actually make that rhyme work. Oh, oh are you gonna do it? All right, I'm gonna give it to you well, if you're gonna, gonna do work. it. That's not gonna work uh, uh, today, but I will. Uh, no, that, that'll be too much work. It'll actually sound like you do whatever you want to Alright. Okay. I got some notes. See? I got notes. I, I got oh. notes. Ready. What was that O for? Uh, I was just making vowel sounds. You. Ah. Uh, <laughs> sometimes why. Yeah. Well, okay. Oh, see, I didn't. I didn't know you were making the short vowel sounds. Okay. With the ah. Uh. A. I'm not Canadian. There you go. A. Or the fonts. Or the fonts. You can't make that reference. That's way too back. We, yeah, it goes no, you way can't too far before the nineties. <laughs> Are you drinking out of a mason jar? Yeah. You're a hipster. I am. Why do you make fun of me? Why you How drink- is that hipster stuff? This is... This is... The, I First I ate all of the olives out of Oh, that's jar. an olive jar that then you're I, drinking water out yeah. of. All right, that's and not hipster. That's just gross. Of- <laughs> Did you rinse it out first or is it still tastes and smell like well, olives? Yeah. No, I ran it through the dishwasher. Okay. Hydro flask. Uh, Y'all need to get on my <laughs> olive jar. <laughs> it's right. Uh, All right, let's do this. All right, so um, we're talking about the parables as the uncultured saints. I. It was a horrible. That was a horrible. Leader. All right, so do a better one. Nope. You gotta try it again. Fine. You gotta do your hello internet. Hello internet. We are the uncultured saints, fist pumping, like, yes, like. I don't know, like something, like something from a rave. From a rave. Uh, it is is Pastor yeah. Eli Lietzow from Wheat Ridge, Colorado. I'm Pastor Harrison Goodman right. from San Antonio, Texas. We are uh, clearly the Uncultured Saints in season two. Uh, the the remix. Um, remix. Yeah, like yeah. That. Bigger, badder, un, un cultural ordered. Ed? Yep. Yep. That's yeah, this one. year uh, we're talking about the parables of Jesus. Um, and so last episode, we, we started to talk about why our Lord would give us parables. Uh, we even laid out like the, the four rules that, that um, are given so that, that we might better understand the gospel. No, no, the four laws no. to understand the gospel. We, we, we didn't try and give you laws to that understand the gospel. <laughs> that was all the good men. The Goodman gave you four laws to understand he did the gospel. Do that thing. And just to recap, uh, the first law to understand the gospel of the parables is that it's about Jesus, not you. And so if you, you've read through this parable and you think you figured it out and you haven't found Jesus, you're doing it wrong. Or even if you've found Jesus, but he's just sort of like a minor player, he, he's the object and not the subject, you're, you're probably doing it wrong. Uh, the second rule is, is don't contradict uh, the clear word of God. So if you think you figured out the parable, but you've had to sort of disavow the whole book of Galatians to do it, bad idea. Start over. Uh, third law to understand the gospel is um, if the parables were given to explain the kingdom of God in action. Well, God's 
thoughts are not our thoughts, his ways are not our ways, and so he does things differently than us. Um, so if you want to start to understand the parable, sometimes the easiest way to start is to find the thing that's weird. The thing just doesn't actually work that way in reality, and that might be where God is working his way and not our way, and we might better be able to well, find Jesus and, and understand him as the rest of the scriptures would reveal him. And then the fourth law to understand the gospel, thank you, Pastor, is uh, just don't push the analogies too far. Don't take me. Um, don't you take can get me. lost in the weeds in any one of these things because they're, they're, they're given to teach Jesus. They're not given um, as, as fables or, or, or tales about morality. They're, they're not given as one-to-one -one ratios. They're given to point to Jesus. And so if you lean too hard on any one of these things, it will eventually fall apart because, well, the parables aren't given to teach the parables are given to meditate the parables aren't given to teach because god in his clear word teaches so that when we're given the parables we might further come to to appreciate um meditate upon and and be edified by god's word and so in other words um if i were just given the parables i wouldn't understand the death and resurrection of jesus even while it screams in my face this is what our lord would say um that, that he spoke to them in parables so that hearing they, they may not understand seeing they may not perceive uh, but to you it has been given to know the kingdom of god because you have already heard god's word and in faith believed by the holy spirit that jesus is the son of god and so you start looking for him so that this is why um for example um, trying to argue doctrine or, or theology out of the parables is a frustrating experience because you can grab hold of the thing and come to wildly different conclusions because, well, hearing you just might not be understanding. <laughs> and that was a lot of words. I do words. <laughs> you did a lot of words right there. I want to go back. Mm. How, how can, uh, per se, because you used a very pointed reference, uh, uh, how can uh, somebody look at a parable and um, have to discount the entire book of Galatians? Was was that a specific reference you were trying to point to there? Or uh, I, I mean, it, it was generally specific. Um, so, <laughs> so Galatians talks about justification by faith. Um, Galatians talks about the free yeah. gift of, of righteousness we have in Christ. It talks about... Um, baptism and its efficaciousness um so if you wanted to grab for example the par parable of the uh, the sower and the seed um and you want to completely disavow justification so that you can make it into an assessment tool you're doing it wrong which i think is going to be the topic of today right yeah probably yeah probably We'll give it a we'll shot. Give it a shot. The sower yes. and the seed. Uh, you could be sower. looking at uh, Luke eight. No, I'm going to read it. No. You could be looking at uh, Matthew uh, chapter what thirteen uh, one to oh something. The end of the chapter. It's also uh, no to twenty three. It's also um, yeah. It's also somewhere in Mark. And it's it's somewhere in Mark. Uh, Mark chapter three. Um, no, somewhere. Three is somewhere. So, uh, <laughs> All right, so I'm gonna read. Uh, I'm gonna read Luke's verse. Remember, we had said that we we're gonna uh, read uh, the entirety of the parable. I like reading the Bible. Just well, yeah, it's probably good. It's an important thing, uh, and you can read along with us. So we're gonna read out of Luke's version here, uh, Luke chapter eight, uh, starting with verse four. We'll probably make it through verse fifteen or so. Yes. And when a great crowd was gathering, and people from town after town came to him, him being Jesus, he said in a parable, A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell among the along the path, and was trampled underfoot, and the birds of the air devoured it. And some fell on the rock, and as it grew up it withered away, because it had no moisture. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up with it, and choked it. 
and some fell into good soil, and grew and yielded a hundredfold. As he said these things, he called out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when his disciples asked him what this parable meant, he said, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for others they are in parables, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. This one's along, what, huh? The ones along the path are those who have heard. Then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so that they may not believe and be saved. And the ones on the rocks are those who, when they hear the word, received it with joy. But these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing fall away. And as for the ones fell among thorns, they are those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. As for that in the good soil, they are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patience. This is the word of the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be, to, be God. to God. That's right. All right, so dig in. More words? Yeah, more words. Lots of them. Quick All words. Right. Words. Uh, so the parables are given to um, explain. To, well, th to contain the secrets of the kingdom of God. So if inside of the parable we have the kingdom of God, uh, we can take our, our basic understanding of, of who we are as Christians. We are justified by faith uh, in Christ apart from works. We are made righteous by Jesus and what he does, not by what we do. And so if when we grab hold of this parable um, and, and know that this contains the way to, to, to salvation, to, to the kingdom of God, to the king, it's not going to be the law. It's going to be the gospel. It, it, it's going to be the gospel. And so when you grab hold of this parable and the very first thing you want to do is turn it into an assessment tool from BuzzFeed, what type of land are you? Take this quiz to find out. Um, you know who you forgot to talk about completely? Jesus. That's a mistake. <laughs> um, so so it, well, it's... Is that, the, is that the only type of assessment tool that we could use? I mean, I... Uh, are we at risk of also uh, placing ourselves in this parable as as maybe even the sower? Right. So we have to figure out who to to give the right word to, and and you know how to cultivate the soil and how to well, do yeah, all that. Yeah, because it it seems it seems kind of fool, and, and maybe we could then make this this parable even better, right? Maybe we could be a a better uh, sower than what's in there, right? So if we just uh, find out who is the the good soil, then we're not going to be uh, wasting so much seed. We could just focus it all on the good soil there, not throw it to those silly birds. They don't need the, they don't need the seed. We'll put it on a good right. soil. Um, whoever the sower is, he's really bad at his job. Um, nobody it's actually awful. farms this way. It's it's like it's 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 weird. Um, how he's doing it. Maybe we should come back to that later. Um, but the, the way that we, we grab hold of this assessment tool, um, be it um, what type of soil are you, an assessment tool is the law, um, or be it, you know, who is worthy of God's word or how can you become worthy of God's word, law, well, by works of the law, no one will be saved. And the whole point of this parable is that the seed would bear fruit, that, that there would be salvation given through God's word. If you want to do this only by finding good soil somewhere <laughs> what's the problem uh, you tell me <laughs> where are you going with that <laughs> huh well we're all born sinful like let's just walk through this thing um this this 
so we've got the three types of land, right? So we've got the, the path, which is, uh, well, it should be really easy because Jesus actually bothers to explain the thing. And um, the, the technical theological term when Jesus explains the parable is a freebie, right? Well, yeah, see, and that's one reason. This was uh, this parable I, I hate to, to preach on. I just I can't stand it. Because uh, because Jesus does it. What? I I should just I just read it with the gospel and then I could just leave right there and end it because uh, he explained it. I, well, yeah, he explained it and he did great. But uh, I don't know. Actually, even in his explanation, I'm not sure if everything makes sense. That's I the think whole his, point. It should. I think his explanation actually kind of hides it too. Hides a little bit of something. I, I think that it, it points out the futility that that we're so desperate to avoid. Um, that the when he talks about this thing, I love to preach about this because we every time we, we try and find ourselves in certain places and, and imagine that we're we're the good soil because well we're Christian so I mean we're here like it's got to be us the good soil otherwise we wouldn't be here. Um, in, in all of it, Jesus continues to tell a story about things that that well shouldn't be right so i mean the freebie the, the explanation yeah and that's the that's the danger of uh of this parable as well and, and maybe like you said maybe we should kind of uh talk a little bit about what our natural inclination wants to do with this parable and how that actually does look because apart from us being the ones who uh who scatter the seed and so uh far more often you're right we're looking at this parable uh, trying to focus on so darn much how we can be this good soil. And and then we also look at others and look at our neighbor and we start judging them and seeing how they are. They're the rocky ones. So, oh, poor, poor guy, man. He's the one that the birds ate the seed from. I could just see it right now in his life type thing, right? Uh, it's, it's a very good uh, way in which we can judge our neighbors. Yeah, and I love judging my neighbor. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a great hobby of mine. Um, I, I, it might not be ideal, um, according to the word of the Lord, but, boy, I enjoy it. Um, though the problem is uh, we have to start with this base assumption that we are the good soil. Um, and the only way that we can actually maintain that we're the good soil is by not looking at Jesus' description of any of the other soils, of any of the other things. So he, he talks about uh, the, the sower uh, that, that threw the seed onto the path. And he tells us that the, that's where uh, the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they might not believe and be saved. And so we can say, all right, so you're clearly pressed. Jesus couldn't avoid the devil. How are you going to do it? Like, honestly, do you think you've somehow managed to avoid Satan who prowls about like a roaring lion? All of us are the path. Well, okay, so let's, let's dive into this a little bit because... And maybe this is the, the pushing too hard, but we, we really haven't dealt with, and I think you said maybe we'll come back to this, but maybe it's it's important to, to deal with this right away because we've got a, an apparently foolish uh, soul. Yeah, right? we, I want to come back to really... that because this is the only place where it's going to clean itself up. Where's the only place? Um, in, the in the foolishness of the, the sower. Um, I, I kind of want to see, because like we, we come into this thinking that we're wise. And then we see that the, the sower is foolish when the whole thing gets flipped on its head when you actually start looking for Jesus. So when we go in looking for the law, we're only pointing to ourselves and we think that a Jesus who would die on a cross is foolish. But in faith, we recognize that the only foolish thing was actually trying to justify ourselves by our works in the first place. 
And in the same way, this parable plays itself out that way. I come in thinking I'm wise and that the, the, the only foolish thing happening here is that this guy's wasting seed. Um, and so I, I take to the law, to the assessment tool, and I figure who's worthy of God's word. But, I mean, just even in the first soil, um, it, it's not going to work. And, and we can walk through the, the, the rest of them and see all the ways that the law will break down. And then I want to come to the foolishness of, of the sower last, because this is where the joy is. Like, this is where it's weird, and, and this is what starts to unlock God's kingdom in action. Is, would that all right? that be all right? Yeah, I thought you were still uh, podcasting there. I, I might be. <laughs> You're the one that tells me to leave everything in here. No, don't leave that in. That was horrible. I'm going to leave it in there. <laughs> Yeah, so if Jesus can't avoid the devil, we're certainly not going to be able to. Um, And so if you just want to sort of say we are the ones fortunate enough not to deal with the devil, you've got a problem in that, um, well, where do you think the devil spends his Sundays? At the football game. I disagree. Oh, um, no, he's no, already no. got everybody who's not a believer. He cares about the Christian. He wants to hunt Christians. And if you want to hunt a deer, you go to the woods. And if you want to hunt a Christian, you go to the church. So, I mean, honestly, if you really think you, that hearing and being saved by well, the, the evidence of this is that you're in church, well, that's the one place the devil's spending most of his time. Well, so, I, I'm going to push back a little bit because uh, I think I think he is constantly, uh, as a bird in our text here, constantly... Uh, snatching away seeds. Agreed. From from every single person, not just not just the the Christians, and and I know that we like to say that uh, he spends so much time just hovering around the church pews and whispering into our ears. He's he's doing a lot a lot of that too at the football game, uh, or at the kids' soccer game. Um, his his temptations are, are are pretty pretty severe and pretty constant. And as our as the small catechism says, I, I and I think we should. We should hear it appropriately so. The way in which he tempts mostly uh, is to get us to despair, is to get us to not hear that the gospel is uh, true or that the gospel is not for me. Well, he whispers that into the ears of, of people not in church just as much as he does uh, into the ears of, of me. Great point. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, if this is the case, well, we can stop right now. We're all the path. No, none of us will be saved. But Jesus keeps going. And uh, what, what's he talking? Hold on, what? hold on a second. Yeah, but hold on before before we get out of here, right? So we're we're talking about the the path and the birds and the seed, right? Yeah. And what does what does Jesus say? Uh, this the the path is the the one that's fallen along the path. How does he speak about that? They are those who have heard, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts, so they may not believe and be saved. You know what? You know what the devil reminds me of here? A bird. Nope. <laughs> Nope. The the Cobra Kai <laughs> reminds me a whole lot of Cobra Kai, and not not. I'm just gonna uh, let you do this. Yeah, go. <laughs> not Karate Kid One Cobra Kai, although that's there, right? But more Karate Kid Three Cobra Kai, and that's the one that nobody really talks about. Karate Kid Three, right? Does anybody because talk about Karate Kid One still? Everybody talks about Karate Kid One. Where where have you been? I was watching the Netflix reboot. Now, I haven't seen that one. So you're talking I, about I heard... something very relevant, Pastor. So I don't know if this is a a worthy. A no, worthy I haven't seen. Okay. I haven't seen the net uh, the Netflix reboot, and I don't think it's Netflix. I think I... it's YouTube re- reboot. But anyways, so I okay. So with the Cobra Kai, right? They're the bad <laughs> ones in Karate Kid, right? Uh, and but right off the bat, you know that they're bad in in the first 
the first movie, right? Yeah, he so kicks the first over movie, Billy's Sandcastle just right Exactly, yeah, right. So, Who I mean, you that? got, well, yeah, it's, uh, so Daniel, you know, he's the new kid, and he gets beat up by Cobra Kai, and, and at the end, Daniel San. Yeah, and he, at the end, he does the crane kick, and he overcomes uh, the devil, he's right? Touching. Because that's that's what the Cobra Kai is. Uh, and then, uh, and then they go to Okinawa, which is weird. I didn't understand uh, the second one, right? Was it in Japanese? No, no, it was it was in English. But they go to they go to Okinawa. I didn't get understand that, right? Also, I didn't like the fact that uh, that Elizabeth Shue wasn't in uh, the second or the third one either, right? Ali, who's his girlfriend, she just disappears. But anyways, so the Cobra Kai in in uh, Karate Kid three. This is the devil in the way that Daniel has the championship of the All Valley Karate Tournament, right? He's got he <laughs> holds the championship of it. Like he is the champion, right? He's got the belt. Uh, he's got the trophy. He doesn't need to do anything more. And the Cobra Kai uh, comes and attacks him and says, "No, you're gonna go, and you're, I'm gonna take this from you, right? I'm gonna take away this championship from you, uh, and I'm gonna force it." Uh, and so speaking he does. of forced this analogy, <laughs> um. but but he's constantly. My point is the Cobra Kai is constantly there in Daniel's life, right? Uh, Daniel even <laughs> thinks that he gets a, he he runs all the way to a different country and he comes back and Cobra Kai is there and and there just to make Danielson's life a living hell, right? Mm-hmm. That's the Cobra Kai. Mm-hmm. It's it's the devil. That's mm. what he does. Mm-hmm. Just real quick, uh, what's what's the best thing about uh, uh, about the Karate Kid trilogy? I hate you so much. What? No, just tell me so we can go. It's P- Peter Sitara. Okay. Glory of Love. Okay. I don't understand what's going on right now. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did I hurt your feelings by not recognizing that reference? Peter Sitara? I don't, yeah, I don't know who did. that is. Just look it up. YouTube Glory of Love. You'll know the song. It's beautiful. It makes, it makes me want to cry. Do you want to? That's how gorgeous like You can it do is. it go. for a little bit if you want. Nope, go ahead. We'll wait. Nope, I'm ready. Okay. So um, so obviously we're, we're not going to avoid the path. Um, and we could stop right there, but Jesus doesn't. <laughs> Um, he just keeps going, sort of like that that reference to uh, to, to Karate Kid, um, and he Part picks three. he picks right up uh, with the, the the seed that was thrown upon the rock, and and he describes it as the the seed that was thrown on the rock are, are those who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy, but these have no root. They believe for a while, and in time of testing, fall away. Um, well, the the problem is well, ninety percent of our prayers toward God are rooted in the fourth petition of the Lord's Prayer, the give us this day our daily bread prayer. We all worry excessively about money and family and, and politics and, and, you know, the cares and riches and pleasures of this life uh, make up more of our prayers than about any other petition combined. Are we, are we even told by our Lord to offer up all of these petitions? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. that's kind of weird too, right? Yeah, I never thought about like that. Like but I mean, he he asks us to do that. He knows that we have these cares. He wants us to uh, to place all of these intercessions before his before his feet. Mm. I mean, that's that's an interesting thing, uh, almost a contradictory thing. If this is about you this, and not Jesus, yeah, that'd be a bummer. That would be. 
All right, but and he keeps going too, and he says, um, for for the um. The, there was the, the seed that fell upon the thorns, and they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and their fruit does not mature. We did that backwards, didn't we? You did it backwards. Yeah, I'm the worst. <laughs> That's okay. All right, so, um, but even to, to kind of circle back around then to um, the, the rock, which is those who, who hear, but um, in time of testing, fall away. Um, it, it's because they have no root. It, it's because they have no deeper understanding that god is about more than stuff like because jesus does call us to pray for these things but he he also warns us not to measure his love by how much stuff we have right yeah um and so it's good to pray for your daily bread in fact he says pray this way give us this day our daily bread what he would warn us against though is saying god only sends sun upon the good not the evil and in fact he tells us quite the opposite um when when times of testing come along this is when god's truth god's doctrine god's word actually are, are the things that that keep us in the one true faith um that, that we would actually know that well christianity is more than i get everything that i want christianity is jesus who also bore the cross for me um the, the problem is well let's do it this way measure the roots in your congregation do you want to uh maybe just hand out to your your congregation on sunday a, a survey write down the ten commandments the apostles creed and the lord's prayer and see how many of them no are. they'll get no they'll all get them yeah yeah they well at least the ones who went through confirmation right because they they never forget that but the, no. Yeah. Why would they? Uh, why would Why would they? Right. So, so if we're going to measure the whether or not we're the rocks, let's do that. Um, recite to me the catechism, let alone the scriptures, um, and tell me whether or not you have real root to endure these things. Or hey, hey, pastor, uh, translate this Hebrew for me. Um, <laughs> right. Or, or, or just, I mean, honestly, just in day to day pastoral care, uh, how many times do people end up on your couch uh, in your study talking about the same stuff? Over and over again, uh, their marriage is falling apart. Uh, they're, they're broke. They're, they're frustrated. And they don't understand where God is in their life. Get it together already. It's, it's that all of the treasures, uh, pleasures of this life become our measurement of God. And since we have no root when we're not seeing those things, we, we wither. It seems like, and I, I don't want to be jumping the gun here, but it, it seems like you're, you're really pushing at, at something uh, awkward and yeah, something that oh, sorry. and something that I, I I don't want to come to admit here because like you said with this parable uh, our natural inclination is is and especially us right uh, the disciples obviously the very first time this parable was said uh, they've got no context to it whatsoever and so they they need this this parable explained to them we've heard this parable before we've been in church uh, we've we've got uh, the the explanation given to us we we, we know this, um, and we do inevitably want, uh, still, our natural inclination, our sinful flesh, wants to make this about us, <clears throat> and wants to, to uh, say that I am, or I have achieved, I may used to have been the rocky soil. Uh. Perhaps at one point in time, I was where the thorns grow, uh, but now, now I'm the good soil. Mm. Right, I, I've made it here, and I got to make sure that I'm good soil. I gotta, I gotta keep myself in uh, this good soil. Yeah, um, that's not gonna work because what we're talking about is the devil, the world, and our own sinful nature, um, which our catechism warns us: don't go away until you die and rise again. 
Yeah, Cobra Kai is always there. Yeah, um, also that. <laughs> what Jesus has given us is not an, an assessment tool to make sure that we are the good soil and that we don't go wasting our time talking to people who aren't worthy of Jesus yet. He's giving us a list of all of the reasons the wheel should have fallen off the bus a long time ago. Like, he's giving us a list of reasons that the church should not work, that the faith should not work, that none of us, none of us should be here. I mean, look at the devil. Look at our cares. Look at look at how poor our catechesis is. Jesus explains every last reason that... that the church should not be standing. He explains and expounds upon all of the enemies, the devil, the world, our own sinful flesh that, that all of us have that assault every Christian this side of glory. And then he just points out, but here we are. Like this defies the condemnation of the law. This defies our reason and strength or lack of both. This even defies Cobra Kai um, because the church doesn't stand on our works. It stands on Christ. The, the church doesn't stand on whether or not we live up to the right assessment tool, but it stands on god and his mercy and that's when the sower actually starts to shine as the only guy who, who makes any kind of sense at all in this thing right because you mentioned this was weird that, that what he's doing right well okay so and this is where we're, we're going to be uh jumping back and forth of saying weird and foolish and foolish and weird and it's going to be like this i think throughout the entirety of of season two because it's a parable that that we're talking about each week and the the parables are mysteries uh the cross is mysterious the cross is foolish so it's going to be foolish and yet it's going to make the most sense in the world uh to to the saint to to, to the one who has been uh, uh brought uh brought to new life through through the word <clears throat> so yeah we've got a to the to the world to the sinner uh, to somebody who's hearing this as I'm trying to find out uh, the best way to do X, Y, and Z. Jesus, give me a story. Give me an example. And then he tells a, a fable, if you will. And then he gives he gives me the parable of the the sower. I do see a sower, and I I don't know. Uh, I'm not uh, I'm not one who's who's up on all of the agricultural techniques of uh, the early uh, the early Jews. But I, I'm guessing that the uh, that the people didn't go out there just willy nilly tossing tossing uh, seed wherever they wanted to. Right. Uh, like I used to serve in Nebraska, and that's just not how you farm. Um, you actually take the time to plant the seed where you think it's going to grow, so that you can make money off of it and you know not starve to death. Um, the, the the sower is really bad at his job. Um, and this is ultimately the one thing we keep coming back to over and over again. Um, we're pretty sure God has really bad at his job and we've got a better way to do this but the sower in his mercy he just goes out to every place that this shouldn't work and he throws the seed and something really cool becomes evident never in any of these problematic scenarios is there ever anything wrong with the seed that is god's word god's word always grows it always produces the problem was never once ever with bad seed the problem is always with us right Okay, so how do we? I mean, how do we hear that? That's that's not very gospelly. Pastor. Well, that's the law, um, and the law shows you your sin. Uh, the gospel is that Jesus still went there anyway. Like this is the wonderful part about this parable that if he's going to throw good seed after bad people, if he's going to throw seed onto the path and onto the rocks and onto the thorns, he has to go there first himself to throw it. 
Jesus takes on human flesh. He comes into our world and he goes out to face the devil. He goes out to face our temptation. He goes out to face our trial. And in all of it, he confronts what we fall victim to and he is victorious. The sower, who is our Lord, goes out to face our enemies, to throw his good word to it, and something miraculous happens. This stops being about you, and it starts being about Jesus for you. If your takeaway from this whole parable is what you need to do or be, then seeing you do not see, hearing you do not understand, because again, the parables contain the secrets to the kingdom of God, and the law is not how you're going to get to God's kingdom. This is about the gospel. This is about the sower who throws recklessly the seed. Um, this is about uh, just the simple reality that we are here where no growth should have happened. So we need to be uh, we need to be the passive players in this parable, and dare I say, the passive players in in every parable, because I, I think we could I think we could put ourselves in most parables. Uh, but we've got to be the passive ones. We've got to be the ones where something is being done to us. Uh, e- even if we're the, the unheard or unspoken uh, someone in the parable, um, we've got to be the passive one. If, if we are trying to make ourselves into the active one, who's ever doing the, the active work in the parable. So here, uh, it's, it's the sower. Or here, it's if we want to turn... Uh, the importance into figuring out uh, how to be a certain type of of, of soil, um, then we're doing it wrong. And then we are turning this parable into a, a very prescriptive uh, A plus B equals C. This is what you do in order to, to, to be a good person. This is what you do in order to be a good Christian. Which is what we, we want. Turn it it in- just won't work. Well, we want it. We you said earlier that the that the parables aren't about the law. They are. They're about the second use of the law because the second use of the law shows it's the mirror. It shows you your sin. It shows you that you need the gospel. And a parable is a mystery. Uh, the mystery isn't the law isn't a mystery. Only the gospel's a mystery. Hmm. Right? right. And so uh, so the gospel there has to be what a parable's about. It has to be Jesus doing something forgiving something, taking away something. Uh, and so it's the gospel of Jesus for you. In, in, in that way, I, I can't make any of the parables that we're going to uh, gonna go through uh, about a prescriptive thing that I need to do, a third use sort of thing that I need to do. I might as well just read Aesop's fables. They're just as good. I mean, they got more animals too, which everybody likes. They do. I don't think there's a lot of animals in Jesus' parables. He needs to get it together. He needs to, he needs to call up Aesop. I got all those puppets for Sunday school and I can't use but like three of them. This is garbage. I know. Well, another reason puppet ministry may not be the best way to, to do things. <laughs> Shots fired. So, um, on that note, um, we, we recognize then the sower as our Lord who goes out to do these things, but, but we can find him elsewhere as well. He's not just the sower, but he's the seed. The seed is called the Wait. word of God. Yeah, hear me Wait out. Hear minute. me out. He can't be both things. What? Well, I don't know, because John chapter 1 tells us that the word made flesh is named Jesus. That, that the, when the sower casts out the word, he's not just sort of like sprinkling Bible verses on people, but this is actually the word, like capital W word, that is Jesus who goes out yeah. um, to, to be cast into the ground and buried underneath everything that would otherwise conquer us, that new growth and new life would happen. This is a death and resurrection parable that, that even as um, to, to, see, to sow a seed, uh, our Lord would tell us, unless it, the seed falls to the earth and dies, it can bear no fruit. 
He's talking about himself. Jesus comes down to earth to die, that through his death and resurrection, there might be good fruit that is born from his work. So, so again, this is something that's just baffling and mind-boggling because if we can get... if we can get past the point where uh, we're we're not the sower or we're not in charge of becoming the uh, the type of soil, if we can get past that, <clears throat> then we say, "Oh, okay, so it's it's like you had termed it. It's sprinkling the Bible verses all over the yeah, place, sprinkling." Which <sighs> logically that makes sense, right? Logically, we think of we think of the Bible as a collection of uh, facts that if we know the right facts uh, and we can regurgitate the right facts uh, then we've got it and that's all that it is and that's all that Christianity is it's knowing the right facts and regurgitating them correctly and so the uh, sower does this he regurgitates the right facts right <laughs> what the the demons the demons know that Jesus is Lord Bible trivia they they know Bible trivia right. really well, right? But they don't know the you, gospel. You don't exactly. They don't know the gospel. So this has to be about the gospel, and i.e., it's got to be Christ. It's got to be the Word made flesh, who came and dwelt among us. Absolutely. He, he is the sower. He is the seed. Uh, he's the one who does it all. And when we finally see this, we can also see the danger of pushing the, the dirt too far and assuming like I will be the path and I will always be the path or, or I am clearly today the rocky soil and this is my identity. When we recognize when our, our, our Lord pours himself out into the ground this way, when he pours out his blood into the ground, it becomes something new because this is who we are in Christ. We are not the old Adam. We are the new man. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, through our baptism into Jesus' death and resurrection, we are washed and made. Made new. So every sin you have ever committed where you have fallen to temptation, every confrontation to the devil uh, which you have lost, every last time that, that something has been done to you to make you last, every lust of the world instead of um, love towards the God who gives, all of those sins are forgiven because Jesus has died for you. And so you are nothing less than what God has made you. You are baptized. And here, well, we're going to use the right word for this. You are good. You are holy. You lack nothing. You are what God has made you to be, not because of what distinguishes you from everybody else, uh, but, but because of what he has done for you in love to save you from the devil, from the world, and from your own sinful flesh. And, and what is utterly miraculous is that it works. So it sounds to me, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, but it sounds to me as, as if, as if uh, you're saying that I, uh, in my uh, simultaneous saint and sinner flesh of mine, um, I am all of these grounds. Gra- is that right? Is that I love awkward? It. Yeah, grammatically. But no, I'm I, I'm all of them. Yeah, absolutely. And not even like hopping I'm, from one to the next to the next. Like all the time, I'm against the devil. I'm against the world. I'm against my own sinful flesh. And all the time, I'm good because Christ has made me that way. Yeah. All the time, I'm sitting here in my sinful flesh, and Satan's whispering in the in my ear, saying, "The gospel isn't for you. Jesus isn't for you. That forgiveness isn't real. It, it's not for you." And my sinful flesh wants to believe it. Every single day of my life, constantly, I'm <clears throat> looking at the cares of this world, wondering if the 
uh, house loan is going to go through, wondering if uh, the kid's going to be uh, fine after the coronavirus <laughs> sweeps through America. Uh, wondering uh, if uh, how I'm going to put food on the table tomorrow, right? That That's a constant thing for me. And what's the other one? Something about me? I don't know. Yeah, that's, I that's our one. favorite topic. Um <laughs> I'm not going to talk about that one. All right. I've, I've conquered that You've one. Conquered that one. I'm glad. I'm proud of you. So um, so in all of this, again, um, what what's miraculous is that, yeah, look at all that stuff, but here stands the church because, well, as for that in the good soil, there are those who, hearing the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. So the, the point of the church is not that we're better than everyone else. The point of the church is this is where God's word is heard. The point of the church is where your hearts are made new and good over and over again um, through God's giving you of, of good gifts. And the, the point of the church is that we endure in patience. So here's where I can make it all about me and my good fruit. No, dummy. Oh. Over and over again, the church is that which receives God's goodness. And yes, it does bear fruit, most certainly, but in patience. Um, and this, this might be the most joyful aspect of it, um, that, that God's word is producing this thing. Um, God's word is what made you good. God's word is what give, gave you the gift that would produce the fruit. And God's word makes the fruit. It's the seed that makes the plant that makes the fruit, not you. What? What's the fruit? A good fruit. <laughs> Do you want me to honestly speculate? I think it's the yeah. true life. Yeah. yeah, which is the cross. Yeah. So you're not talking about uh, giving a sandwich to your neighbor. No, I'm, I'm talking about the tree of life, which is the cross of Christ. That the, the, the best yeah. work in the whole wide world we can do is cling to Jesus, die and yeah. rise. Absolutely. It's, it's faith and the object of that faith. Yeah, still give sandwiches to your neighbor. I mean, still do good works. Good works are good, and God will work them through you. But if you want to talk about that, which is the ultimate good inside of you, it's not going to be yours. It's going to be what Christ has given you, made you, and done through you. Yeah. I like it. That was that was, was well done. I tried to trip you up, but yeah. you didn't fall for it. Nope. So, like the, the crane so, kick to Cobra Kai. That was not... Oh, good job, right? Thank you. And Okay. So no, that was well done. You're coming along, right? Because that's in number one. It is number one. That's in the. That's the. I first was going to sweep the he, leg, but he tries it. He tries yeah. it in the second one. It didn't right? work. But but it was because it was invented in Okinawa, and they know how to block the crane kick, right? He didn't even bring it in number three. I think that's why a lot of people don't like it because he didn't bring it in number three. That I I really think that's the problem. I think that was probably but, the problem. Yeah. Yeah, that's the problem with with number three. Just that. <laughs> so, so in every okay, so going back though, in, in every way, uh, and, and maybe I'm oversimplifying it, that, uh, but this this parable is is descriptive. It's not a prescriptive thing. Jesus isn't telling us what we need to do. He's not prescribing for us. Blah blah blah. He's describing what is done for us. Yeah, I mean, if you want to find it, you you certainly can. Um, hear the word of God, cling to it, over and over again. In the face of the devil, hear the word of God, cling to it. In the face of the world, hear the word of God, cling to it. In the face of your own sinful flesh, hear the word of God, cling to it. Uh, You can call that a third commandment issue, uh, remember the Sabbath day issue. But even that, well, isn't it the Holy Spirit who calls, gathers, enlightens, sanctifies, and keeps you in the one true faith? So even that thing which he calls you to do, he is already doing through you. Otherwise, you would never be the good ground that's, well, willing to hear the word and endure patiently and bear good fruit. Nice. Yeah. You know the thing. The thing. 
You know the thing. Is that it? <laughs> I, well, I don't know. What are we doing next time? Uh, I don't know. I think we're That's are, a problem are we doing for the future weeds? us. Like, why would I? Are we do? Are we doing the? Uh, weeds? We're doing okay. the parable of the weeds well, next time. Yeah, and and nice. Matthew, right. back to Matthew, uh, chapter thirteen. Back to Matthew there. Okay. So uh, if you want to just look ahead, um, uh, look at the uh, parable of the weeds, Matthew chapter 13. Another one that Jesus uh, explains. So it's going to make uh, so much more sense yeah. there. Yeah, another another one. That's the problem uh, with also, the freebies. We think we know it way too easy, and so it gets harder to preach on, and we start, it, yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Um, also, uh, also look up Peter Satara. All right. Please look up Peter Satara. You have no idea who Peter Sartre is. I'm sorry. Lead singer of Chicago. Oh, I know that guy. Yeah. Well, he wrote Glory of Love. That was the theme song for uh, for Karate Kid Part 2. It was actually actually supposed to be uh, the theme song for Rocky Mm IV. And Sylvester Stallone was like, "Uh, I'm fighting Drago. Uh, I'm not going to have a song about the glory of love. Give me Eye of the Tiger, please. Imagine how much you would know if you used your powers for good. I know. You would know like the whole of the scriptures. I would. Yeah. But you know you're what? A fountain of knowledge, I'm, though. But but I'm uh, you know all the, all that I am is is just that uh, that soil that the birds land on. <laughs> what am I gonna do? Be baptized. <laughs> all right, I'm out. Yeah. We'll live forever, knowing <clears throat> together that we did it all for the glory of love. Oh, where, oh, where could my Harrison be? The Lord took him away from me. He gone to hell, so I've got to be good. So I can see my Harrison when I leave.